Hello, hello. This is Matthew Castro, and you're listening to the new and improved weekly podcast, A Pastor in His Newspaper. This podcast is a weekly commentary on news events to help the church read the news with the Bible in their hands. And uh, so, a lot is going on in the world. Uh, the world has definitely been consumed by the events that are happening in the nation of Ukraine um, and the the invasion of the Ukrainian uh, nation by the Russian military is ongoing. Uh, many had expected that uh, the Russian ha- Russians would have already uh, taken and occupied the Ukraine, but the Ukrainian military is is fighting hard and strong and. Uh, putting up quite a fight. And so President uh, Vladimir Putin has been definitely embarrassed in the world stage um, as his military continues to struggle and continue to be pushed back by the Ukrainian military. Um, I want to talk about a few, I mean, really, if you read the newspaper right now, there's so many articles about Ukraine and Russia uh, it very much just takes over the amount of just coverage. Uh, we had a uh, presidential, I mean, President Biden gave his State of the Union and and address on Tuesday. And to be honest, it was it was secondary to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. I mean, he also um, nominated his new Supreme Court justice nominee, and very few people are talking about it. It's very, it's not even hardly in the newspaper because of what's going on. In Ukraine, and so really, Ukraine does just it changes everything. Um, what is going on right now? What has happened over the last seven plus days has really just changed um, the world. Uh, as someone wrote, it, it's very much a nine eleven type event um, that the world has changed because what Vladimir Putin decided to do by sitting in his military to invade the invade Ukraine. And I think there's a lot of, of, I think of anything, there is a, a moment of humiliation for liberals in the West. Um, the view that, you know, being able to simply con- be concerned with your own problems, concerned with climate change, concerned with um, racial issues in the country, um, and just really kind of just focus on your own social issues uh, in your nation. It, it, it just shows you that there's we cannot just hide from the world. Uh, we, uh, especially as a country, the United States, we are very much uh, involved in the world, and we can't just run away in a corner and fix our own problems. Not to say that we don't have problems. Not to say that uh, the government shouldn't work to fix some of the problems that we have in our society. But we can't just completely disconnect ourselves from what's going on in the world. I mean, what's happening in the Ukraine is devastating. There are thousands of people that are dying. Many people are being displaced. Um, There's so many refugees that are trying to get out of Ukraine. Um, Not to mention all the people in Russia that are now and will suffer because of sanctions that the West has has placed upon Russia. Um, The ruble has dropped in value significantly. Um, and, And so there's a lot of people that are hurting by one man's Decision, and I talked about that last week. The the desire of Putin to basically revive um, the Russian society and the Russian uh, greatness and pride through this war, and 
I mean, many, many Russians don't remember the Soviet Union. They don't remember Stalin. They don't remember those days and times. And what they really probably desire is more to be a stable economic uh, society that is that is growing in wealth, that has uh, access to um, things of the, of the West, music, movies, technology, and these type of things. They don't necessarily want Russian greatness, but Putin comes from a generation in a in a past that what you are able to conquer shows your greatness and shows your power, and that 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 desire to be great um, and to be this Russian hero is is affecting so many people. Uh, you know, going back to President Biden's. Um, his speech at the State of the Union on Tuesday. I I listened to most of it. I was interested. I was surprised how much of it was was about domestic issues. Um, very much as I was saying to someone, almost like a campaign um, uh, speech, more than it was a presidential State of the Union type speech. But he spent a lot of time talking about again some of the some of the the desires to fix American society. And a belief that in this kind of domestic needs, climate goals, uh, taking primary focus over foreign policy. But, I mean, foreign policy is so important. Uh, When we think about oil, we think about energy factors. That affects the world. And what is happening in Russia and what's happening in Ukraine is affecting us all. And we can't just hide in a corner and fix our domestic problems. We have to engage with the world. And I think what you're seeing, like, as I said before, that you're seeing this humiliation, I think, in the West. You see uh, countries like Germany, countries like France, and others are part of, of NATO in the West completely caught off guard by this, even though there was plenty of examples and plenty of rumors of this coming war they ignored it they focused their time and energy on 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 should we have windmills should we have nuclear power i'm not saying these aren't important issues but it took up so much of their of their arguing arguing their their focus when it comes to um, different legislation or even different policies when it comes to budget that they totally ignored this growing threat in russia and now with this war everything changes i mean when we watch on cnn or we watch on fox news and we see these images of of missiles and burning buildings and displaced people the issue of should you use windmills or nuclear power tend to fade away and there is a a an evil in front of us and how are you going to face that evil how are you going to confront that? What are you going to do about it? You can't do nothing. Um, as I was reading this week, it was in the in an article by uh, Daniel Henninger. Um, he wrote an article called Ukraine, Ukraine Changes Everything. Doing nothing, disorder descends. And I think what you're seeing is you see a West, uh, you see America and Canada and Great Britain and France and Italy and Germany and Sweden and Finland and all these Western European countries, and they have done nothing 
to prepare for this. They've ignored evil that exists in our world. It's almost an idea that we think all the you know evil is 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 something that is just it's a, it's a product of, of of poverty. It's a product of 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 other other types of evils that we can fix. So evil is existing in the world. And this issue that this war, this invasion, this genocide that may end up coming through this, it was always going to potentially come. And a, a lot of, of governments in Europe and the West have done nothing to prepare for this. And and now we're in a sense the world order that the West has set up since the Cold War, since the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, the fall of communism, is a sense of we've been able through our wisdom, through our our way of progress, we're able to prevent these things from happening. We we're not our former generation of that fell into world war and fell into other wars like Vietnam and these types of of conflicts. We're past that. We're we're better than they are. We're we're more advanced. We're wiser. We're more intelligent. And what we're seeing is a humiliation of that thinking. Right now, we are seeing evil. And really, one of the things that has really caught me over the last weeks is I'm trying to understand why Vladimir Putin would do this. Like, what does he gain from this? And I think the world is struggling. Experts on Russia, experts in foreign policy really don't have a good answer to this question. Why is Putin doing this? What does he have to gain? What is his end game? And I think the issue is, is you don't even want to go to where potentially his end game is. Maybe it is simply to basically burn down these countries and, and reign and, and basically do as you saw in the Old Testament with some of these empires and come in and just conquer and level different lands and people. And we got, well, he couldn't. I mean, we're we're at a different age. No, no one does that anymore. But you can't discard that that may be actually what he wants to do. And we are really seeing, and I think that's why a lot of the a lot of, of people here in the West and the United States are struggling to articulate and and talk about what's happening because we never thought this would ever happen again. We never thought that we would see. Uh, a leader from another nation without any course of, without any reason, without any uh, justification. This is a great example or a definition of an unjust war. And yet he's trying to, Putin is trying to present propaganda. He's trying to present uh, evidence or arguments that the Ukrainians are Nazis, which makes no sense. And other, other, other things are being brought out as, potential reasons why the Russians had to do this but none of those things hold any water whatsoever and really Ukraine does change everything I mean it just changes how we think about human nature and we a lot of a lot of people in the West think want to think that people are born into this world good and by nature, good people. And really what ends up having leading people to evil is, is like I said before, poverty, other environmental issues. But what the Bible is saying is that, no, we are born of the world sinful and wicked. And by nature, we are 
we were rebels from our creator and from our God. And, and so we are prone to wickedness. We are prone to evil. And I think we, the people have sort of have persuaded themselves that people are really just good by nature. And if we can just progress as a society, then we can, in a sense, rid ourselves of evil and wars and only Christ Jesus and only God can do that. And so really, Ukraine has changed everything, as Daniel Henninger says. And I want to bring up also, just to talk more about Putin and just what's going on in Ukraine. Um, There is uh, reports coming out of the Ukraine of, of just basically rockets and missiles being fired without any, like, without any thought, um, indiscriminately, without any competency, just things being burnt, uh, blown up for no reason. These aren't military targets. These aren't threats to the Russian military in any way. These aren't threats to Russia itself. I mean, uh, one building that was destroyed recently was a Holocaust memorial next to a TV tower. Why would a memorial of the Holocaust need to be destroyed? People having to hide in underground shelters with poor ventilation. Why? Why is Putin sitting in Chechen militant uh, who are known for brutal tactics just to simply slaughter Ukrainians? No reason whatsoever. They're not necessary for uh, Russians' uh, progress to occupy the country. Just to simply slaughter Ukrainians. It makes no sense. It it seems as if Putin's desire is to turn Ukraine into a wasteland. And what you're seeing is just the madness of it. That he is, that we as humans are prone to madness. We are prone to madness. And without God's intervention, without God, God's grace being poured upon us through Jesus Christ. We have no hope, no refuge from this madness. And yeah, I was thinking about this, just all that's happening. This is very much an unscripted episode, just trying to make sense of what's going on right now. And and I think if if you're if you're like me, you've got young children, and you're just thinking about the world that your your kids are about to enter into. And you, you just are really just they're struggling. And I, I think, again, going back to my point that I was making earlier, I really think this is a, an event where the West and what it thought it had accomplished is being humiliated. And I just want to read a passage. This is from Daniel. This, this, this book has definitely been opened more, uh, more often uh, just now because of what's going on and people looking to it because it has so much... Um, uh, information about the end times and people look to it as a g- great source of information about the end times. But there's an interesting little um, ex- uh, a story here, an interesting little narrative here with King Nebuchadnezzar. He was the the king of Babylon who had conquered the, the southern kingdom of Judah. And of course, Daniel was uh, one of his, um, one of his Jews that worked for him in his court. And it says here in, in Daniel chapter five, or Daniel chapter 4, uh, verse 28. 
said, At this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And at that time, Babylon was the most powerful empire in the world. More powerful than Egypt, more powerful than the Assyrians, more powerful than the Persians. So King Nebuchadnezzar had this great empire, this great uh, kingdom that he, in a sense, had established through his might and his power. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Now, while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the fields, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he wills. And immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird claws. Basically, Nebuchadnezzar was humiliated physically by God, by the hand of God, because of his pride. And so I want to go back to, yes, and I don't want to dismiss this, and I want to, is that Putin is mad. I mean, that is basically, if you read what's been going on, if you read what people are saying, he has isolated himself and he has gone mad. And the effects of a madman who has that much power could be what's happening right now in Ukraine. But there's another part of this story that I think that's why I'm wanting to bring this up is that the also what's happening is that the West is being humiliated. We had thought we had created this perfect world and perfect order. How great we are. Look at our progress. Look at our power. Look at our wisdom. Look what we have done. Look what we have accomplished. And we have really not accomplished much of anything. Nothing has really changed. As the uh, the great philosopher says in Ecclesiastes, there's really nothing new under the sun. Wars happen. Madmen become presidents of countries and lead their nation into crazy and stupid wars like this one. Where many people are dying and many people are being displaced. So we have to recognize that we are completely dependent on God and we on our own do not create new world orders, but God is the one who accomplishes his will. And it is on us to recognize God's power. It's on unto us to recognize God's authority in the world, that he is the creator and we are the creatures we are servants of him. We are agents of him. Not We are not co-heirs. We are not co-equals. We are not a higher than God. And for many, I think, in the West, it's a view that there is no God. We have, in a sense, as the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 2, we have bursted, we have burst the bounds of God on us. We have, we have, we are free 
from God's authority, we can create the world in our own in our own image, not in His image. And I think what you're seeing is this humiliation of that um, of that work on display here in Ukraine. I want to continue with this because I I want to end with this as well, and and because Daniel really does address the big issue um, of the just the progress of history. I think you could be sitting here, you know, reading the newspaper or reading um, uh, Apple News or watching the news online uh, on on your television or listening to the radio, or whatever you do, listening to podcasts like this one or others that discuss what's going on in the world, and you could be full of, of fear or concern. Um, and and just very weary about what is to come because the you know there's another another article in this uh, actually the newspaper today is what are some possible outcomes of this war or what what could cause the end of this war in Ukraine and the answer is we just don't know that some are arguing that this could go on for 20 years and if it goes on for that long two decades what are the other impacts in other parts of the world how could this affect uh, and yet, not only the United States, but other parts of the world. Could this lead to World War III? Could this lead to nuclear war? You know, uh, President Putin has come out and said that he is putting nuclear weapons on high alert. What could this lead to? Could this lead to the entire world going to war? Could it lead to economic factors and, and corporations and businesses going out of business. We just don't know, and we don't really know what's going to bring an end to this. Will will the West have to invade Russia? Will there have to be, a, a in a sense, a, a gathering of nations to send in the military into Russia to put an end to this? We don't know. We have no idea. But I think it's important to to, to remember at this particular point in history while we do not know what is to come, we cannot just rely on the, well, we know we have progressed from war. We have progressed to a point where we don't go to war. We have too many uh, things to lose. We have too many institutions that we have built and started that will prevent us from going to war. That stuff is, that's, we put that to bed. That all our institutions that we have that we have started and all of our in connection, connections uh, economically is not preventing war. So who really is in charge? And, and I think what really, really, what will bring us hope today and into the future? Well, I think you have to continue in the Book of Daniel. You know, Daniel was getting these visions. He uh, he was getting these visions about what's to come. And very concerning visions, visions of beasts, visions of statues. And there is a vision that Daniel has in Daniel chapter 7. And it says, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. That is an important phrasing. That the Ancient of Days, God Almighty, sits on the throne. The throne above all others. And his clothing was as white as a snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. And his throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. And a stream of fire issued and came out from before him. And thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. God is the one who judges. God is the one who has full authority, ultimate authority. Not Putin, not Russia. Not the West, not the UN, not President Biden, not Congress. No one has higher authority 
within the ancient of days than God. And I looked, Daniel says, because of the sound of the great words and the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. And for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. God is the one who controls governments. God is the one who raises up leaders and topples leaders. God is in control and his will will be accomplished. And as his people, we can be confident in that and that our Lord and his perfect wisdom will accomplish his will. Daniel continues, he said, I saw in the, in the night vision and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. There comes one like a son of man. Obviously, this passage has been has been discussed and talked about extensively throughout the history of the church. But this is referring to Christ Jesus. That God presents to his eternal son, who is God, an eternal kingdom. And that he will have dominion over all people, nations, and languages. That he shall reign supreme. And I think that you know, as we think about how we should pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, as we think about how we should even think about the future, what is God doing? What will he do? We could be a certain, we could be sure of, uh, of a few things that he is on the throne, that he is, he is in control. Nothing is happening outside of his control. Putin has not found some, some wiggle room to go into, to, to, to do something that God doesn't know about and not aware of satan is not controlling the universe god is we also could be sure of this is that god's will will be accomplished through his son i believe that through this madness and and putin will be judged for his works but we could be sure of this as well is that god will use this for his glory God will use this for, to make his name known. God will do the, use this to, to show his beautiful salvation story through his son. And so I think as we think about that, as we pray through this issue, as we think about how this is going to affect our own lives, this is going to affect us. If you haven't read about it, you will read about it. This is going to affect prices at the gas station. This is going to affect technology like your apple devices will probably go up in price this is going to affect inflation this is going to affect um your heating uh bill your utilities bill there's so many things that will be affected by this you will see it you will think to grumble and complain about it even though you're not in the cities that are being bombed even though you're not in the in the shelters you are going to be affected by this war it will affect everyone and as you pray don't pray in fear. Pray in, in the knowledge that God is in control and pray that God's grace, that God's salvation through his son Jesus would go forth through this, that God would use this to make his name known and that those who have perpetrated this 
would come to justice. Those are the things we should pray about. Not praying in fear, not praying with complaining and grumbling, but praying that God's name would be known, that his salvation would be uh, heard and received, and that those who have done evil will come to justice. And, and, And hopefully also that, you know, those in the West who have, again, I think have been in some ways humiliated by what's going on in Ukraine would recognize their pride and their arrogance. As we saw from Nebuchadnezzar, he was made a beast because of his arrogance. He ended up getting his kingdom back. But pray also that governments like the United States government and governments in in Europe would see this as an opportunity to go back to God. That that they would look to see, you know, maybe maybe we were full of pride. Maybe we need to reckon look at our own heart and see our own mistakes and realize that we are not omniscient. We are not inerrant. We are not perfect. And we need to look to the one who is perfect, which is God. So Again, I want to encourage you uh, with this podcast to to read the news with your Bible in your hand. You know, don't just read the news. Don't just just lash out when things happen that you don't understand or, or that, that, disagree, that you disagree with, or just even go into despair because of what's going on in the world. We should mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, and they shall be comforted. But our mourning should lead to prayer that God would comfort, that God would. Hold those accountable to justice, and that's what we what we should what we should pray for. We should look for ways to also care for others. And so, I encourage you. Uh, and this is something maybe that I, I need to do as well. I haven't done it yet. Think about how you can donate money uh, to those in need. Uh, uh, find a uh, there's some probably great uh, Christian um, uh, nonprofits that are getting resources to Ukrainians, look to the, look, for, look, go online, do a Google search, do some research. Uh, maybe next week um, when I do our next week podcast, I'll uh, do some research search as well and, and bring this before you. Um, but I want to just encourage, let's encourage one another to, to pray, uh, to comfort, to care for, to give, uh, to, to be involved. Um, this is, this war is affecting us all in different ways. And God is using this for His purposes and for His for His name's sake, and that is that is a comforting fact. And so remember that, pray over that, and encourage others with that as well. So this has been a, a pastor in his newspaper with Doctor Castro. Thank you so much for listening, and please continue to read the news with the Bible in your hand. See you next week.